Hey guys, it's Hazel Emily here with Rapid Starter Real Estate and the Real Life in Real Estate podcast. And I'm sitting here again today with Teresa Perry of Caliber Home Loans. Hello, thanks hey, for Teresa. having me. Yes, of course. I really wanted to get you in the chair again because obviously with coronavirus, it's a very fluid situation in all kinds of things regarding real estate. And I thought it'd be a good time because we're kind of now approaching fall and the last time we spoke, it was kind of the beginnings of summer. And I just wanted to kind of get another temperature reading on on where you think things are at right now, especially on the mortgage side of things. I mean, it's definitely things are coming back finally. We're getting programs back. Um, people are going back to work. So yeah. it's, it's definitely going better now than yeah. it was back then. And you know, if people have been off, we due to COVID, we can get them back into a loan. So there is a, a lot of positive stuff happening right now. Yeah, and I, I think I've kind of been noticing the same thing. And I think um, one of the things that I think everyone is very happy to hear is our rates really are still excellent. Oh, they're still amazing. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, so low. <laughs> they, they change daily, right? And right. it really could be hourly. Where, where are things at right now? They're still really great and really low, and it's still a great time for people to buy. I mean, the, the rates are as low as I've ever seen them. Yeah. And they're projected to stay low for purchases. So it's still a great time, and I mean, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then that's like kind of what I keep telling people. I had a conversation yesterday with a gal, first-time home buyer, and she said, she's like, well, you know, my, my family thinks that I should just wait until next year because, you know, there's – there's no way it's a good year to buy, you know, things could maybe go south really quickly and they don't want me getting into an investment that could totally ruin me if, you know, things do go south. And I kept telling her that this year, it really hasn't been a better time to buy. Rates are still excellent. They're probably gonna stay this way, right? Through I think, 2020. yeah, that's what they're projecting is they're gonna stay low. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, if you have a great job that you don't think you're at risk of losing, of course, and you right. have money saved, and it's a good time for you. I think it's an excellent time to buy. I don't think that there is really a better time. Right. And it's hard because you can't predict the market right 100%. You we, can't. We don't have a crystal ball, and I say that all the time, but it's so true because we get those questions all the time. Well, what do you think is going to happen? I can't say with 100% certainty, but if it's any indication, it's here we, here we are in, a, in September, and things are still okay. Ooh. Yeah, they're still doing good. And the housing markets, it's a great investment to get into anyways. I would never steer someone away from it. I think it's a great a great investment to make. Best investment you can make is, is in real estate. Yes. Um, so has there been any big changes on the mortgage side of things with COVID that anyone should kind of be aware of right now? I mean, the biggest change, which is kind of the same, is just that we really do verify your employment over and over and over and over. So we need a good uh, contact person um, at your job who's gonna be able to send us exactly what we're gonna need. Keep your pay stubs, we're gonna need them as the transaction's going along. Um, but then, I mean, other than that, it's kind of business as usual. So That's as long great. as you, you know, you've got a good sturdy job and you know, you can get us that verification that's great. That's all we need. That's awesome. That's that's really good to hear. And, and one of the questions I get often too is, well, are things really closing in 30 days or 21 days or however, you know, usually our, our, our about time is about 30 days for an escrow. Are you seeing those turn times still remain pretty much the same as they had been even in 2019 oh, yeah. and years before? Oh yeah. I mean, us as lenders, we're super busy right now, right? We have all these refis coming in. 
Um, you know, we have people working remotely, which is different than it was before. But especially here at Caliber, our purchases come first. We are still closing them in 21 to 30 days. That's awesome. Yeah, so. And it's so vital right now, too, because it's so competitive. Right. I mean, I'm sure you're seeing this just as I am, but you're seeing homes that go up for sale have multiple offers, sometimes 20-plus offers in Gosh, a matter crazy. of hours or days. It is nuts. It is nuts. And it's it's one of those things where you almost sometimes just have to get lucky yeah. in it. But I think it's have still, a good realtor. Exactly. Have a great realtor <laughs> that, that knows how to hopefully get you in that house. Yeah. And, and it helps to also have a great lender that people recognize and can trust in making sure that we do stick to those timelines and we do close when we anticipate to close and mm-hmm. all those good things. So I have to ask too, because distance learning has started here. We're in California, Northern California. And unfortunately with COVID, we're not able to have kids go back to school in most school districts here in this area. How does that look for you in your day-to-day things with work? So luckily with me, I have a home office set up. So we all have our own little corners that we're working in and we're all on our Zooms or whatever else we're getting into. And you know, my kids, I'm, I'm pretty lucky they're staying engaged. My first grader definitely requires the most attention out of any of them. But other than that, I mean, we're, we're making it work. I mean, of course, we'd rather be in school. We really would. But yeah. under the times that we're in, I mean, this has not been a horrible transition for us. So with this whole distance learning, are you finding that your kids are actually retaining information and learning? Because I had a, a weird conversation with my five-year-old niece, and I asked her, what did you learn in school? And she just said, well, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, well, do you know any of your te- or your classmates, what their names are? No. I'm like, are are kids really retaining things? I've been kind of curious. And I know she's young, but... She is young, so she's probably kindergarten. Yes, just started. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess that's still to be determined, right? Like, my first grader, because I'm most involved with her, my Mm -hmm. my older ones, they have Google Classroom. Assignments just get turned in. And most of the time, I don't even see what they're working on. Um, But with her, I have to be more engaged. And um, I mean, she's writing and she's reading her books online and I mean I don't I don't know I I think better than I thought they were going to but yeah let's hope right let's hope yeah (laughs) but like you said about your niece and her friends that is that is so true that is one huge factor my my little girl too she even has friends from last year that I know that are in her class and she doesn't remember that they're, Oh, that's you know, unfortunate. I well, know, because they can't really talk to each other. Right, and I'm sure it's hard for them to really kind of comprehend everything going on. There's a lot going on on the screen already with the teacher and teaching. And right. Then, everything else, distractions around them. So, well, let's hope, right, that they are retaining things. And if anything else, I do think this is helping kids with technology. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Yes, I agree. I know a a gal, or a little girl, I shouldn't say gal, who's uh, 10, and she already knows how to use Google Docs and all these things. I'm like, okay, can you teach me? Because I'm not proficient in that. And so, if anything, they're learning how to navigate the internet and computers, which I also do think is important because that's kind of the way things are going right now trending right I think so too and you know I have to give kudos to teachers I love all of our teachers this year we were very lucky they're all you know they've got technology behind them they know how to use it they're keeping the kids engaged um I mean we're we're pretty lucky to have the teachers we do And, and the teachers are working a lot harder learning all this new stuff too so definitely got to give them some kudos i agree and and, you know for all the parents just like you who are not only helping your children 
with school, but also running full-time jobs, sometimes sometimes multiple jobs in some households. Right. Some parents are single parents, and I just give kudos to you guys because I don't have kids, and <laughs> I can't imagine what all that looks like to do everything and to do it well, too. Yeah. So oh. hang in there. Hopefully, you. <laughs> you know, better times are, are on the rise. Uh, but I guess we'll wait and see yeah, what, we'll wait and what see. the future brings for us in, in – um, hopefully getting rid of distance learning. Yes. So kind of bringing it back to loans. And, you know, you and I shot a podcast a couple months ago and we talked a little bit about the basics, but what is, for instance, an FHA loan? What does that mean when you have an FHA loan? So an FHA loan is uh, government... um, (laughs) I actually wrote this down because I wanted to say it right. I kept time twisting it. Yeah. But it's a government insured loan and it's for any borrower not just first-time home buyers which is a big misconception everybody thinks the FHA That's loan a good point. is just for first-time home buyers it's not it's for any borrower or buyer um, it does carry a low down payment um, with it it's only three and a half percent it does have mortgage insurance on it but um, it, it, it adheres to clients who have you know you you don't have to have a super high credit score to qualify for it you have the low down payment um and it's a great it's a great loan yeah it's a great option and and i i recommend fha loans all the time especially Mm -hmm. for those who might not have a whole bunch saved right uh the one thing to factor in there is that mortgage insurance that you were mentioning and i always just make sure they know that unless they refinance out of an FHA product, that mortgage insurance is on there forever. That's so good that you know that. So, yeah. <laughs> I do my homework when I, when I can. But that's a really big yes. di- difference between that and the other loans we're going to talk about in a second, yep. like, like a conventional product. Can you talk a little bit about what does that mean when you're buying a house and you're a conventional buyer, conventional So loan? a conventional buyer will usually be one who has a little bit higher of a credit score because one of the perks with a conventional loan that's putting down less than 20% is your mortgage insurance rating is, depending on your credit score, probably gonna be lower than with an FHA loan, what their mortgage insurance rating is. So that's a perk. Another perk of conventional is that the mortgage insurance can go away. You don't have to refinance. You have to pay your loan down to get 78%, and then you can ask for it to get taken off, which is a great perk. Um, Conventional loans do offer different down payments options for first-time home buyers you can go as low as three percent which is lower than fha mm-hmm. um but otherwise it's uh five percent's your minimum and then anything 20 percent above that you're putting down gets rid of that mortgage insurance right on and it's it's a great product and, and i tell my clients that if i was a listing agent listing a home and i get three different offers there's a conventional offer, FHA offer, and VA offer. Nothing wrong with FHA loan at all or VA. Conventional buyers, though, they're a stronger client. They're a stronger buyer all around. And I think that's also why that mortgage insurance is is less because right. you're less of a risk to the mortgage company exactly. that's loaning you the money. And actually, let's talk about that because for someone that knows nothing about real estate at all, totally green, explain what mortgage insurance is to uh, a buyer so it's it's an additional fee in your mortgage payment that's included in it um and it's there to protect the 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 lender really is what it is it um makes it so if something were to happen if you were to foreclose you know they have some protection on their end yeah um with conventional loans depending on what your credit score the rating is different 
promotes a certain percentage of, um, and it's, you know, how much you put down and there's some other factors in it too, Sure. Mm-hmm. but, um, but it is included in it. But like, you know, like we kind of talked about earlier, that's what's nice with conventionals that can eventually get removed. Um, 20% and above, you don't even have it. And it's because they know you're putting enough skin in the game. Sure. You're probably not going to let go of that home considering you just put so much money into it. Right. Right. So it's protection. Yeah. And I mean, it's such an important Thing to factor in when you're deciding what which loan is the best option for you um so now let's talk about va loans too because we also live in a in a community that is very pro-military and of yes. course we love all our service members and yes. what they do for our country and we are very lucky to have travis air force base in our backyard <laughs> so tell tell me what i mean in simplest terms what is a va loan a va loan is for any active or uh retired military um, members, they um, they do have some requirements to be able to use the VA loan as a military member. You, um, so if we're in, I think the, um, the chart is, if we're in wartime, during wartime, the military person only needs to serve 90 consecutive days to be eligible for that full entitlement. Um, non-wartime times, it would be two years, and then reservist is six years. That is good to know. I think I just learned something new <laughs> that I did not know. Uh, I did not know about the reservist time. Yeah, it's six so years. They have to be a reservist for at least six years to be able to use their VA loan. Exactly, to get that full Interesting. entitlement. Interesting. Well, yeah. one of the great perks about the VA loan, I mean, I think it's the best loan out there. 100%, if you have a VA loan that you're able to use. Use it. Use it, right? Because the best part about it is. It's 100% financing. 100% finance. <laughs> and it's not like you get everything totally for free, but it's, yes. you know, it's a great option for our military that already do so much for our country they deserve everything and anything and it's an excellent loan with excellent rates too right and the biggest perk is even though it's 100% financing you don't have mortgage insurance yep so that's a big huge thing with VA you have the low rate you don't have the mortgage insurance in some cases you will have a funding fee that I won't get too much into but it gets financed within the loan Um, but otherwise it's it's a great loan it's a great and it's a great time to take advantage of using that loan and I know there are some clients that come in here and are unsure exactly how long they will be here mm-hmm. Vacaville I mean especially where we're at here it's it's such a great town I mean, there's always going to be somebody that is either needing to rent or needing to buy and I do have service members that they'll go on deployments out of the country and leave their homes for rent for other service members maybe to come and, oh, and rent and, and, and it, yeah and it works for them and so i think there's there's ways where even if you don't know if you're going to be here four or five plus years it's still a great investment your home will most likely still appreciate in value in your time owning it and two i mean it's it's such a great loan to take advantage of you don't it's 100 yeah. percent financing yeah, it's so great. it's <laughs> They it's deserve excellent. it. <laughs> I, I, I think so. Is there like a minimum credit score for like VA versus? It's, it's 620 right now. Okay. Um, Due to COVID, it's yeah. kind of, they've kind of tightened up on a couple of things, but otherwise, you know, they're, they're pretty lenient. If you have had um, some negatory stuff on your credit, they, they do overlook and maybe have shorter timelines on some of it, depending on what it is. But they want to help their their military people to get into a home. So it is a really good loan. Something else, um, I just, well, I didn't just learn it, but um, 
something I learned recently, I guess, was that a surviving spouse would even qualify for VA loan. I, I had heard that recently yeah. too, and, and I'll be honest, I didn't know mm-hmm. until I think maybe it was you. Somebody I knew <laughs> had had a case where yeah, that the surviving spouse yeah they have to qualify, happen. but yes, they can they can take also advantage of that VA loan. So I think it's a wonderful product. I'm I happy we we sell it, and I do say a lot of my loans. RVA. I same same. A lot of my mm-hmm. clients are military, and so if you know anyone, if anyone whoever is listening to this who is military, <laughs> who's exploring the possibility of buying, have them get in touch with you know Teresa at their local or somebody local to them to yeah. talk about their options. Because I think there's a lot that that a lot of our service members don't know. Right. I get so many questions still when they come in and talk to me that they really just don't know and I think the more information we give them the better better. I agree the better for them so the next loan I kind of wanted to just touch on because I get some questions about it is the rehab 203k loan (laughs) Uh, what is that exactly for someone who's heard about that I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this who have and yes any insight on it Yes, yeah, so they're they're a rehabilitation loan. They're basically um, they can help you buy a fixer upper, and it finances your renovations. So depending on what type of rehab loan you're doing, because there's of course different kinds. Um, sure. They they want to help you with you know energy efficient improvements, AC, new carpeting, plumbing, electrical. There are some that will do structural too. Um, but most of it's, you know, the, the, you know, like the AC, the heating, the, um, appliances even, and it, it takes kind of what it is, is you go in, you find this home, we, we have to have an appraiser come out there just like any other loan. They will give us a value of how it stands now, and they will give us a value with the improvements made. And so we'll, of course, need contractor bids. There's a little bit more that goes into it, but shockingly enough we can still get them closed in 30 days really yes oh my gosh of course, that's nuts we're at the mercy because we have a right. lot of moving sure, parts sure. but it really isn't as scary as some people think it is it does carry a little bit higher of an interest rate but it also allows you to get into this home and you know you don't have to fork out the money for the renovations that's excellent mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize you could close in that fast because i'll be honest i don't do a ton of rehab loans it's not super common in our area we don't have tons of properties that are falling apart to the point where they would need one of those (laughs) and that's actually a good kind of segue into my next thought was depending on which loan you have could also factor in which kind of home you can buy exactly so with the fha loan versus let's say conventional a fha appraiser could call some health and safety some dry Mm -hmm. rot a loose uh, stair banister, missing fence boards, things like that, which I know you've ran it, you know, we've oh, seen yeah. it happen. <laughs> Whereas conventional is not going to look at it as strictly as they will. Um, and with VA, they're going to require a pest report. Yes. And then anything with section one is going to be required to be fixed and anything section two that's water, health and safety. So it does, you know, definitely it, that's why it's good to know all your options. I will always go over all the options the client is approved to do. And then, of course, I go over it with the realtor and say, okay, we'll just keep it in mind. You know, maybe they can go FHA or conventional. But, you know, if you run into a home that's got some things, we're, you know, know that we do have the option to go conventional type of deal. Yeah, and that's what I love about working with you is you're very upfront and giving all sides of, you know, <laughs> 
the situation right whether or not this is going to work one way or another because it's good to know because there are some homes we might go see that in the confidential remarks say this house will not go fha or va and then Mm -hmm. we already can eliminate that or if they really want it then maybe we could flip them into a conventional product so it's great that you go over those options because you never know you never know if the right house comes along for them that you know unfortunately won't go one way or the other yeah no it's it's great and it's great that you're so knowledgeable to know that these are even questions to be asked (laughs) i learned a lot from you my friend a lot from you so let's talk a little bit about taxes because obviously depending on how your taxes are reported like if you're 1099 self-employed person like myself Mm -hmm. and and you um or w-2 how does that affect your uh, qualifying qualifying for a home because there are differences so really the general rule of thumb if you are self-employed we need two years filed tax returns so maybe it doesn't necessarily mean you've been self-employed for two years we just need two years filed tax returns interesting okay the thing with that though is let's say you opened your business in november right so you have that one or two months on your on your tax returns Uh, we do do an average so it's gonna probably hurt your average if your next year being a full year did really well right yeah um so that that is kind of the rule of thumb no matter what kind of self-employed borrower you are it's two years average filed returns so it's a Good to know when you're buying a home and you are self-employed, we're going to ask for that. Right now with COVID, um, one of the big things they're asking for, and this is a COVID thing, um, they want a year-to-date profit and loss statement, and they're going to want proof of deposits in your in your business account I mean, as it well. makes sense. It yeah. makes sense with everything going on, unfortunately, that they're so much more scrutinous than they usually are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's hope that this is a, a short... I believe it will be lifespan, and you know it's not something that's going to be forever. But it's good to know for now because who knows how long we're going to be in this boat. Exactly, and the the banks and the lenders have to keep themselves protected as well. And you know, it's it is one extra thing, but really, it's it's something you should have, and it could probably, I would assume, be pretty easily available. So that is one new thing when it comes to our self-employed borrowers. For our our non-self-employed, our W two borrowers two years w-2s not the full tax return just the w-2s for every company you've worked for within those two years and then current pay stubs and you know kind of like we talked about before we're going to verify the heck out of your employment sure right yeah well (laughs) and how how does it work let's say let's say i'm a first-time home buyer and i'm a 1099 employee because i am Mm -hmm. and i have a husband who's w-2 how does that work when you have two different people on two different you know types of work types of work so same so for you i would want your two years tax returns which then would be probably his if you're filing jointly as well and then for him it'd be his w-2s and we would just average your um 1099 income and we would you know however he's paid whether he's salary hourly um, we would you know figure out his income so That's you good would to need know. it all you would need the gamut yeah it's good to know because there's so many I mean nowadays especially being entrepreneurs is so common and I love it I mean that's partly probably why I got into real estate, right? It's just I love just the flexibility. Yeah, the flexibility and not knowing really what's going to come next, but just being excited for it and kind of scared at the same time. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> I kind of feed off that. But it's helpful to know for people who are in that kind of boat yeah. just to prepare for the future if they are thinking about investing in real estate. Yes. 
So also one of the topics I wanted to talk about was the unfortunate fires that we have been experiencing in our state as a whole, but also specifically in our hometown here in Vacaville. We had the LNU complex fire mm-hmm. come through and really caused a lot of devastation, especially to the countryside in Vacaville. My father-in-law works for Solano County, and I believe it was last reported that we lost 220 homes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it could have been much worse than it was if it wasn't for our first responders Yes, responding the way they did. Yes, yes, because they they truly did save. I think North Vacaville, especially the residential part, because it it came pretty close. I'm sure people who are listening, you you probably saw us all over the national news because it was national news, and it's just kind of crazy how it all happened. But it's kind of a reality that is just a part of living in this state. You don't know Mm -hmm. what when it's going to happen. You don't know where. And here, being in a town like Vacaville, we've experienced fires close by, right from Napa and and um, Paradise. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone ever thought it was going to come over the hill our way as fast as it did. Yeah. And as you know, speedy as it did, and how destructive it was. So all that being said, there's probably a lot of people who are kind of curious how the wildfires are affecting. The real estate market and specifically I want to know about the mortgage side of things. So it's really obviously only affecting you if you're in process of buying a home. So if you have a home right now, so our rule right now is anybody and they've listed all the counties but we're in Solano County. So anybody in Solano County who's in contract, if we haven't already done an appraisal, we have to go do another one just to make sure the house is still there yeah, and that there yeah. hasn't been any damage to it. And um, it's one extra step, but it's just we know it's coming, kind of so it we're prepared for it, and it is yeah. what it is. And there's obviously other counties because it wasn't just us affected, right? Sonoma, Napa, all the other ones, but you know, it's definitely us in Solano County. Yeah, and that was one thing we weren't. I remember you and I, we had a client we yeah. were closing on right before these fires happened and I remember I called you because I wasn't sure what does this mean for our our buyer who was closing I think one or two days after these fires came and ravaged in our countryside um so this is kind of a new development with them right wanting to see the proof right well our client was literally in the middle of when all of it was happening so the announcements (laughs) hadn't been released yet so we didn't need to do it it the way the timing worked he was you know it 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 worked out but moving forward anybody and it you know it's not even because like our client for instance was nowhere near where the fires were where their house is um but even so we are going to need it anybody in that county even if they were nowhere near where the fires were reported because i think some people are like well that area didn't get evacuated why do we need to do it well it's just everywhere right right and it's and stuff to say especially people who aren't here in Vacaville they don't know how how bad it really was right right so they're just hearing things maybe in the news seeing unfortunate images and I mean my poor grandma who lives in San Antonio was watching YouTube and she thought like our hotel oh, was no. on fire I'm like grandma no like it's just <laughs> just the countryside we're okay but you know it's it's easy to not to not know yes and to think the worst um so that that's good to know and and do you know I mean with these appraisals being done for the second time is it the same appraiser going out or is it we're always reaching out to that same appraiser but if for some reason that appraiser can't go back out there they can't we can reach out to someone else okay but that is our first point of contact and it doesn't seem like we've been having any like really bad pushback on it so 
we've been lucky so far. And do you know, I mean, I don't know if they've even told you this, is it just until the whole fire is out? I don't know. I, they haven't given us a... A permit running. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. kind of one of those things, very fluid situation. Well, and you have to think, too, really, any anybody going into contract now, they're not, they're out of it, right? Because right. their appraiser is going to go out after. This all happened. Yeah, because the fires aren't near us anymore. They're, yeah. they're far enough away. So I think anybody going into contract now is going to be fine. Do you have any advice for someone who does invest in real estate in our state and, and really probably more specifically in parts like where we're at where we do have countryside we do have open space you know we do areas we do have a risk do you have any advice for someone who might invest in like real estate for things maybe to just do or keep in mind I mean I feel like and I know you're gonna back me on this my biggest one is your insurance yeah make sure you're with a great insurance company with a great agent cheapest isn't always best you know or right probably never best not actually but yeah. <laughs> you know it's probably not the best idea right especially when it comes to this but I mean you and I have a client who lost their house and yeah. she wasn't even accepting donations because her insurance agent got back to her right away reached she actually reached out to her and they got it all figured out really fast. I, you know, I don't know exactly where they are in the process right now, but I know that they're in line to get, you know, some of the funds to help them get to the next step. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and she had said, I I know you remember because you were with Mm -hmm. me, but she had said that the, um, she had friends who their insurance people weren't even getting back to them. I know. That's, that's the, that's the crazy thing in all this. And and my heart goes out to so many who you know there was probably people up there that didn't even have insurance on their home and I don't even know what things look like for them but I I 100% back you on that that having an excellent insurance person really anywhere but Mm -hmm. especially here in California especially if you do choose to live in areas like up where our client lived was in Quail Canyon Mm -hmm. up on the Solano County side of Winters and yeah they lost they lost everything and Thankfully, they were recommended by you, an excellent insurance person, and they they yeah, were on it. They and were on they it. They needed when they needed the most. Their insurance company came through. Yeah. So it's important. It's so important to have good insurance and have a good agent who's going to battle for you, and not not where you're just going to have to call an eight hundred number and right, wait. And, right. You know, I think it's super important. Yeah, I think so too. Well. I think this has been a very enlightening <laughs> and very constructive conversation about where kind of things are at, about the temperature on the market right now. And I do think, like you said, I do agree with you that 2020 is still an excellent time. Excellent time to both buy and both to sell, but especially buy too. Uh, that's really kind of what this whole episode is about, but it, it is. I mean, the rates are great. Real estate is still, um, our market here and really all over the country is still very strong. I do think that inventory could be a little bit better, right? We, do, we, we hope that more homes come up for sale and make competition a little bit less, um, you know, because it, it can be a little stiff out there right now. But it's overall a very healthy market, and yes. the outlook is very strong, too. Yep, I agree. Awesome. Well, I do want to end because I want to kind of incorporate something new for all the people that are out there listening. Uh, at the end of each podcast episode, I'm going to ask my guests to give me one of their favorite quotes because I think it's something kind of inspiring when you hear them, you know, quotes that you really like and can take them with you and just kind of keep you going through the day. So, Teresa, what's the quote that you chose? All right. So, I chose 
Some people want it to happen, some wish it to happen, and others make it happen. Oh, I love that. Michael Jordan. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Right on. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much for sitting down with me and talking to me about all this stuff and hopefully helping people who are listening get a better sense of things. Yes. Thank you, Hazel. I always love hanging out with you. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks, girl. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys, for listening to another episode of Real Life and Real Estate Podcast. I'm Hazel Emlin with Rapid Starter real estate and we'll see you guys next time.